international success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts she interviews. Think, Believe and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and your words to work for you and to bring about the life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show on the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And guess what? I'm so grateful that you've joined me from all over the world. And as I say every Sunday, as you are listening to this recording, it is a setup by the Spirit so that you can begin to hear the solutions, the answers, the insight, the revelation that you did desire to really move you from where you are to where you desire to be. And as I say every Sunday, all it takes is one word from the Spirit to really shift and change your life. And I can truly say you will receive that today. And man, are you in for a treat. My very uh, special guest today is Joshua Tungle, and he's an author, he's a speaker, a healing practitioner. Uh, he's very unique, and uh, uh, he's been known as the fresh voice for modern day spirituality. And, you know, I just love him. And as a matter of fact, Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, and all of us know him, who was featured on The Secret, said that his book, The Secret, to awesomeness uh, that the wisdom in this book will transport you into a new relationship with yourself and with the world and uh, he he is profound the first time I talked to him I was really awed because I think that he really has helped people through throughout the world globally to recover from legalism and he talks about progressive Christianity grace healing etc and you're going to be in for a powerful treat today. So Joshua, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Thanks for having me. That was a nice intro. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. It's nothing but the truth and it's all about you, right? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate that. Good to be here. Yeah. So tell our listeners a little bit about you and who you are and all of the above. Yeah, I mean, aside from what you just shared, um, I was born and raised here in California. Um, and I was actually in the Philippines just a couple of years ago, got married um, about a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and now I'm back to America. And I'm actually planning on going back to the Philippines uh, later on this year. So I mean, I'm Are just, you? Just, yeah, I'm going back. I miss it. Um, just miss my friends out there. Uh, just continue doing what I'm doing now, which is just writing and speaking. And so I'm just, just a simple guy, you know, just a happily married man and yeah, that's pretty much it for now. <laughs> well, you know, so, I, you know your book, I don't know how you found me, but it was of God. And um, mm-hmm. because when I first started the show, you know, the spirit just said to me that Constance, the purpose of my show, all of my listeners know that I'm a Christian. So the purpose of my show is to really move people from uh, 
religion <laughs> to spirituality, right. and uh, you do that so well. So let's go ahead and get started. So tell me, what do you feel that spirit is saying about religion and spirituality? Yeah, um, well, I, I do notice, like, there's a distinction between the two, obviously, as you're asking this question. And so I feel like um, what spirit is trying to remind us is just that everything is spiritual, you know, because what religion does is that it basically likes to separate things, you know, like it, it tends to have like an us versus them mentality or the fact that, you know, this is this is secular and this is sacred, this is holy, this is not holy. And spirituality, um, I believe, is basically just everything. So just me spending time with my wife, um, watching a movie is just as spiritual as me uh, reading reading a, a spiritual book or something like that, you know. And I feel like um, Spirit's been just telling us now what he's always been wanting to tell us, and it's just basically just to wake up to this reality of love that's just so real and unconditional. If people just got that, you know, like every generation, our, our eyes are being opened more and more to this reality of what, what it really means to, to love unconditionally. And so I I think that's what Spirit's been, been saying all along and is just reminding us and, and giving people a voice to be able to share that message, you know, for us to just be able to to realize how good God is. Right. And, you know, and that's it in a nutshell, because, Joshua, so many people are under legalism and God is mad at you and God is punitive <laughs> and you've got yeah. to do this. And and so, I mean, I would say a lot of my listeners are not Christians, but God is love and good and yeah. and gracious and is conspiring yeah. to get good to us. Right. I wholeheartedly agree <laughs> in that world of fear. You know, the punitive God, that's, that's the God that I grew up with. But that's a whole other story. So I've, I've had right. a lot of shifts in my life. Um, probably, I don't know what your background is, but that's where I've had to make a lot of changes in my thinking. And I've had to kind of step out of my box that I've been in for so long, which is what my, my, my new book's about. And so my first book is about that journey that I had of uh, legalism and having this fear, fear-based understanding of God, where it's like God was schizophrenic to me. You know, he, he's mad at me and he loves me, <laughs> you know, depending mm-hmm. on what I do. And uh, I had no stability in that. And so my second book is more along the lines of, of some of my current views and um, has more of a like inclusive understanding of, of God's love. Right. So true. And, you know, my background was born again, spirit feel. And so like you, I've had to come out of that. And so that's why I love your book, The Secret to Awesomeness. So let's (laughs) talk about that. I mean, God wants us to be awesome. Uh, Where do you want to start? I know you you talk about what do you see? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, and so basically, it's um, everyone has a type of perception of how they see the world, how they see themselves, how they see other people. And so that chapter called uh, What Do You See is just basically on how ideas have consequences. And so the way you see things, you'll basically live out according to what you see, you know. And so like I, what we were talking about earlier, when you, when you see your world uh, through the lens of fear, you, everything's going to basically be dictated by that, <laughs> you know, your, your actions, your feelings, your thoughts. And so the same thing, if you were to look at your world through the lens of love, um, it's going to change everything. And so that's basically what I'm talking about there is that we all have these types of assumptions of what we see. So, for example, uh, we've been told what's like, what's what's possible and what's impossible, what's science and what's science fiction, you know, and, and basically how you, the assumptions that we all have 
like I said, will we'll determine our reality. And so what I'm trying to do in this in the introduction of that book is to show people that there are consequences, that there's some there might be some assumptions that we may have that might be hurting us rather than helping us. And that there's some hope and a possibility that, that your beliefs about reality can change. And that's what I'm basically trying to do there is to give people some hope that if there are ideas that, that somebody has that is causing them more hurt and pain rather than, than happiness and joy, then maybe it's time to rethink um, some of our ideas that we've inherited and start rewriting our story, you know, because we're all living out this story with our different types of beliefs. And um, and that's basically what I was trying to do is just show yeah. people, hey, you know, qu- question your assumptions. You know, we all have questions. But when we're given the answer, we don't question the one giving us the answer sometimes because we're, we're you know, someone has a, has a white robe as a doctor or someone is a priest or a pastor. And there's a possibility, you know, that they might be mistaken. And, um, and that's what we're trying to do here is, okay, we're all figuring out what is, what is reality. And I'm trying to offer people uh, certain ideas that can give them a reality that might make their, their life much better, in my opinion. So true. And perception is so important. And I remember there was one one line or one sentence where, where you said, the universe doesn't have any favors. I mean, some people believe that. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah mean... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's It's a powerful thing because um, most of my life I actually did believe that that, that universe or God, whatever you want to call it, um, did play favorites. And in my world for most of my life was that God's favorites were the Christians. You know, so so we are the ones that have favor. We're the ones that are blessed. You know, and then and then those that are outside of this circle of me and God, you know, are non-Christian. Is like, oh man, you know, they're not blessed, uh, or you know, they're just being living out whatever the devil teaches them. And, and so it wasn't a very kind of inclusive understanding of the world, you know. And and the beauty of it all, just what I discovered, um, just in recent years, to be honest, is like God is a lot more inclusive. Yes. where there are no favorites, and humanity is all his, or all it, whatever you want to call it, spirit, God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that when you could see the world <clears throat> through, the, through this lens of, in, you know, of, of this, everyone being included, it, it, you start treating people differently. You know, you start, you start looking at people as your brothers and sisters instead of, instead of them. You know, it's them, the unbelievers, the non-Christians, you know. So, But, of course, I'm speaking from my, my religious background. So it doesn't right. Make it- and, you know, one of the main questions that I get from people is, I'm a good person. I'm a great person. They don't yeah. understand universal laws and how God has put in place, you know, success yeah. system. And why is Kim Kardashian making all that money? And I go to <laughs> church and I pray. I'm like, well, honey. Kim Kardashian has tapped into a success system because God is no respecter of person. Right. That's a really good point. (laughs) Really good point. I really agree with that. And so let's begin with some of these success systems or or universal laws. And you talk about the subconscious. I love that that topic. Share with us about that. Yeah, and so the the title of that chapter is called The Subconscious. Uh, I have two what? And (laughs) And basically, I start off that, that chapter with on how, like, we just started the new year. And a lot of people do it, not everybody, but we, a lot of people have New Year's resolutions where they want to lose weight, they want to stop smoking, they want to control their anger. And it's interesting because, for the most part, a lot of people, they're able to do pretty good at the beginning of the year. 
but then it starts to become a struggle <laughs> after a couple of weeks, and then they start going back to their old habits. And what I point out there is that people don't realize is that we actually have two minds. And there's something called the conscious mind, which is the rational or the objective mind. And there's something called the subconscious mind, which is the irrational mind. The conscious mind is basically your mind that actually chooses. You know, like like right now, you chose to speak on the phone. You chose what to eat this morning or what school you're going to go to. Uh, the subconscious mind is something that's just basically filtered by base, based upon all the, the ideas that are that are stored in it. You know, and it's it's actually very impersonal. And the reality is that we are controlled 95% of the time by our subconscious mind. And so our conscious mind says, oh, I want to do this. I want to make a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. And so you're aware of it, obviously, because it's your conscious mind. But then in your subconscious mind, which we're controlled by 95% of the time, our ideas and self-living beliefs that we've probably inherited from our parents or things that we've seen where we say life's hard, money's hard, you know, um, you know, you're stupid, you're ugly, and that's why we have this conflict that we don't realize um, that, there's, in a sense, it's kind of battle between the two minds. You know, for example, like when I was growing up, um, we did something called devotionals. Are mm-hmm. you familiar with that? Like where you read these, you, know, you read a verse a day, and then you have this special book to encourage you. So you would read that. And then when I would be done reading this devotional in the morning, I would feel really good and be like, wow, I'm inspired. And then later on in the day, for some reason, out of nowhere, I start feeling bad, <laughs> you know, like, and I, and I just read something so positive. And then what I started to understand now is that it's because my subconscious mind was kicking me. And so even though my conscious mind was reading all these positive things, you know, about how I'm loved and everything, how I can accomplish anything, all of a sudden, my subconscious mind started kicking in where my doubts and the hurtful things that I've been told when I was a child started kicking in and that started to take over. And so in this chapter, I'm trying to show people that in order to, we, we have to make our conscious mind and our subconscious mind be in harmony. And that's that's the challenge that people need to, to start to deal with, you know, that you, you can't just do all this positive thinking, you know, which is why most of the time we'll admit it doesn't work. You have to reprogram your subconscious mind, so to speak. And there are many ways that you can do that you know, that I mentioned in the book. Okay, give us one way, because, you know, kind of like you, um, you know, that was just such a great example. I I was driving from my office back home, and I realized that my mind was just all over the place, thinking (laughs) things that it should not be speak thinking, Joshua. Right. (laughs) uh, But I was on automatic pilot with my subconscious mind. So give us one thing that people can begin to do to shift that subconscious. Yeah, you know, one of the things you can do is, uh, which is very common, is just positive speaking, you know. And so you could say stuff like all throughout the day, and where you could just say something like, I am loved, or um, today is going to be awesome, you know, something like that. But what people don't realize is that you don't just speak things and then it's going to happen. You actually have to speak it to the point where it starts to affect your subconscious mind, which happens through repetition. So if you don't want to keep speaking things all throughout your day while you're at work, fine. But one of the best things that I've seen, especially in my own life, is the one that will start doing like these positive affirmations as I go to sleep. And the reason why um, is either you're going to sleep or when you're waking up. It's because when you're doing it, when you're going to bed, your mind's in a more of like a passive state, which is called like a theta state. And so when your mind's in that passive state of mind, 
uh, your, your mind's more receptive to ideas that might be in conflict if you are fully awake during the day. Like, for example, if you were to say during the day, oh, um, I'm rich and money comes easy to me, your, your subconscious mind, which has probably had, had like a poverty mentality growing up, you're like, nah, you're poor, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and so you have, this, you have this conflict. But when you're going to sleep, obviously, you're in this passive state and your mind's a lot more receptive where I won't argue back with it. So I think um, positive affirmations when you're going to bed and when, right when you're waking up um, makes a big difference. But you can, once again, do it even throughout the day as long as you say to the point where it affects your subconscious mind. And you'll know that it's affecting your subconscious mind when you start to feel it. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say feeling it is so important. Yeah, and that's where people miss. Because usually, like when I was younger too, um, I would write these like sticky notes <laughs> you know, on the, on the mirrors and, mm-hmm. um, or, or on my desk. And then I would have all these encouragements like, I'm healed, I'm healed, and then nothing would happen. And people don't realize that it's not just in your words alone, but your words coupled with emotion is where there's power. So true. So true, because your subconscious is really imprinted by emotion, images, and right. feelings. So that's, that's right. awesome. Wow. And, you know, in your book, you also talk about creating uh, and bending reality. And for years, Joshua, I didn't know that I created my own reality. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Same here. I was the victim too. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's a powerful thing. Um, I call it bending reality because many times we think that reality is just set, you know, like mm. it is what it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Well, that's not true. So, I mean, according to quantum physics, which deals with the very small stuff, um, everything's not everything's actually made of energy and it's not really physical like we've always thought it was like not everything's solid so even though like right now i'm hitting this table or i'm stomping on the ground um it feels physical that i'm touching it but in reality i'm not because what they've discovered is that there was like a big crack in newtonian physics where you know atoms which basically make up you know everything in the world they thought it was just made up of empty space but what they've discovered even further is that it's not even empty space that everything is literally energy. And with, with, when everything's energy, we can recognize that things are a lot more changeable. You know, it's not just like set in stone. And what they've also discovered as well is that our observation also creates reality too. So although everything is energy, based upon your observation, the fact of us just noticing something can create something. If you, so for example, if you're if you're expecting to see a particle, you'll see a particle. If you're expecting like a wave, it becomes a wave. And so our, our observation has a huge effect on this quote-unquote material world that we see. And so that's the question, what do you see? And which is why, you know, we've been able to see even healings, you know, where there's like these quantum leaps where in reality there's, there's, a, there's a tumor, you know, a cancerous tumor. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. What happened? <laughs> you know, I thought it is what it is, you know, and so our beliefs and ideas, once again, give us the lens like a like a glasses for us to see the world. And the, the thing that we've been discovering is that now that you're able to observe and create your reality based upon your belief system, you know, and that's the struggle that people have is because their belief system are filled with so many self-limiting ideas and that's where I'm trying to help people break free from the self-limiting ideas and help them to believe that all things are possible. And so we can get rid of that victim mentality, 
because you're not a victim, you know, and when you become, you know, when you have this victim mentality, you, you tend to become more powerless, you know, you can't do anything. But once you become informed with this understanding of our, what our perceptions creating reality, then, then all of a sudden you feel empowered. Like I could change my reality. And as I mentioned throughout that chapter, there's many things that can impact our reality. As I already mentioned earlier, there's a power of words. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a power of our thoughts. You know, there's a power of our emotions and our feelings. Um, you know, and, and there's a lot I could say about each one of those. But, yeah, I don't know which one you would want to tackle. But. Well, what, what you know, you know, you, you mentioned about observing and what we focus in on that we create that and bring more of that into our lives and you know the law of attraction says whatever you think about feel believe put your attention on you bring more of that but the fact and the principle joshua that we can choose on a daily basis to create what we want right exactly and so even though we have all these thoughts in fact it's that we have about 60,000 thoughts a day, you know, so that could sound like, how do I monitor that? How do I manage that? You know, the reality is, is that, you know, you, you can change your thoughts, you know? So, I mean, even though you, you could look at a situation that could appear bad to you, um, your thoughts, you can't control your thoughts, which can, which can affect your situation, you know, because everything once again is energy and is vibrating at certain frequencies. You know, and so once you're able to, you know, change your thoughts and raise your vibration, your situation can change somehow. I don't understand how it all works because I'm not a physicist, but, <laughs> you know, but this is just the way we understand things, you know, the yeah. principles of this world. And it's it's powerful. You know, I don't know if you heard of Lynn Taggart. I have. Um, she, yeah, she's the one that wrote The Field and she talks about reality being like this unset jello you know where it's like this big indeterminate sludge out there that's our potential life and and the fact of us noticing and observing gets that jello to actually set and so we're actually like intrinsic in this whole process of reality where our involvement creates reality you know so it does kind of like blur this distinction between you know like the world out there and the objective observer like we are so involved where we play this decisive part in this interactive universe it's powerful (laughs) <laughs> it, it is power, and it takes away the the victim mentality. I love that. Yeah. Unset jello. So really, <laughs> you, you you can create what you want. Yeah, basically, you know, and of course, you know, there are the skeptics out there. You know, like of course, like on a subatomic level, they 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 acknowledge we can affect the small stuff, but what about the big stuff? And I like what Joe, Doctor Joe Dispenza said in his book Evolve Your Brain. He said, um, you know, maybe if we you know, we're just basically poor observers, which is why maybe we're not, some of us are not able to, quote unquote, manifest the bigger stuff, you know. And, and I'm just saying, hey, maybe with a little more practice, you can. And there I are stories you, of yeah. people who can, obviously, as there are stories of healing, which is like there are these quantum leaps of things happening. Right. And, you know, and you mentioned healing. Let's talk about that because you are a healer. Right. And uh, talk about healing. And because a lot of people are 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 emotionally hurting, uh, physically hurting uh, in a lot of pain. Talk about that. Yeah. And so healing is a very 
personal and real thing for me, you know, so this one's not just theory for me. Um, mm-hmm. But as I mentioned in the book, I was, I did actually have a really bad back injury several years ago in 2005. And <laughs> and I'm actually, like, I did break dancing my whole life. <laughs> so <laughs> that was a really big part of my life since I was uh, 12 years old. And so I was at a party. And then for some reason, I didn't, like, fall on the ground or land badly. I, I think it's because I didn't stretch. And that's my guess. And what happened is that when I was done breakdancing at a party, um, my back just gave out and everything below my waist just got really numb. And then I eventually found out, um, unfortunately, I had a herniated disc. And so, you know, the, the discs in between my vertebrae was bulging out and touching something called a sciatic nerve. And it was shooting down to my, my feet. And so I've never experienced anything like that in my whole life. So every time I coughed and sneezed and laughed, it hurt mm. like crazy, you know. And I would literally, I had many, many, many nights where I would honestly cry because I was only, I was still in my early 20s, I believe, and uh, or my mid-20s. And I, I just felt like, you know, hopeless because, like, I, would, I was still going to school at the time. And just me carrying a laptop was, like, the hardest thing for me. They wow. just get from point A to point B. And it's one thing for me not being able to dance anymore, but now I could hardly walk. Like I would have to hold on to rails when I walk up the stairs and I would have moments where I would literally just fall to the ground, like out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like it just gives, you know, my, my back gives out and I fall and I would end up like screaming because it's like a nerve problem. And I would step, you know, every time my feet would touch the floor every morning, it would feel like I'm stepping on a bunch of needles. You know, and then I started doing acupuncture and physical therapy, and I actually got worse. And then not too long after that, um, unfortunately, I had this attack in my chest. I was at a friend's house. Like, we were eating dinner really late one night, and then close to midnight, um, I had this really severe pain in my chest and this weird feeling on the left side of my body. And so I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack, or I thought I was having a heart attack, and I thought I was going to die. And so I go to the doctors, and then I find out I was diagnosed with a chronic digestive disease called GERD, or just mm-hmm. called gastroesophageal reflux disease. I had no idea what that was. Um, I'd never even heard of GERD my whole life, and I never even had any heartburn, hardly, my whole life, literally nothing. And then this just came out of nowhere. It, it felt like it was nowhere. You know, so was it caused stress? Was it caused overeating or eating too late at night? I don't know, maybe it was all of the above, but my life changed after that because of my, my back and then the problem with my throat. You know, I couldn't eat a lot of things, especially things that are acidic. I couldn't eat Filipino food because Filipino food is very oily, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and that causes a lot of problems with acid in my throat, and I had, like, chest pain every single day. And so I had these two major things in my life that I was really struggling with, and to make a long story short, um, I got, quote-unquote, miraculously healed. And, um, and like, right now, um, I have no back problems, thank God. And I eat, literally, I eat whatever I want. So I can testify to this. And even my friends who are nurses, a lot of Filipinos are nurses, and uh, one of my friends is even... She even saw me during that process of my struggle because I used to take so many pills every single day. Wow. And she said, Josh... You, I, I, my pills stopped cold turkey. It just stopped one day. You know, like my healing happened that fast. And she said, Josh, you should have been on those pills the rest of your life just to maintain your, your GERDs, you know. And, um, 
and, and so, so yeah. and, and so how did you you know your, your chapter on healing says living naturally supernaturally so for someone who is listening who's hurting who might be in a lot of pain what can they begin to do to bring healing in their lives yeah and so i'm glad you brought up the, the title of the chapter you know i put supernatural supernaturally in in quotes i don't know if you noticed that uh-huh, and, I did. And, there's, and there's a reason um i don't these days i don't believe that there is something called a, the supernatural and the natural realm and, you know, when I was a younger person, I used to always believe supernatural, it's miracles, you know, and it only happens once in a while. But I'm sure, as you understand, there are certain laws that are governing this world. So instead of, you know, one, one thing to give you hope, you don't have to, like, beg for a miracle. But if you could see that this world is being governed by all these laws, there is no such thing as natural and supernatural. Everything's just naturally supernatural, so to speak, you know, because mm-hmm. we're living in this quantum world. And so... Just to give people hope, just like on how I was mentioning earlier about us observing things into reality and creating a reality, we could do the same thing with our bodies. And because um, basically there is a connection between the mind and the body where the two are basically intertwined. You know, like the connection is so real. So in many ways, our thoughts could actually make us sick, um, mm-hmm. even though people are not like thinking about, I want to get sick, I want to get sick. Once again, our, our thoughts affect reality depending on upon like what frequency we're vibrating in. So one of the most powerful things that um, I learned was from um, Dr. Bruce Limpton in his book, The Biology of Belief, where he talks about how um, there's something, uh, there's a new field of study called epigenetics. And it's different from what we learn where typically you know, we, we we would hear stories like, um, your parents, your dad has cancer. So since your dad got cancer and died, uh, you're next because it runs in the genes, you know. And so genes are basically our destiny. And so that's been something that a lot of people, unfortunately, they, they hold to that belief, you know. So um, it's, then they get to play the victim again. But if what we're learning these days is true, which is something called epigenetics, then the victim mentality is is long gone. And this is what epigenetics actually is. Epigenetics basically means it's control above genetics, control above the genes where basically um, other influences can modify the genetic code without actually affecting the DNA. So, for example, uh, Bruce Linton put uh, like a stem cell and he placed it inside of a Petri dish. And then after, you know, the stem cell divides every 10 hours and then after a week there are about 50,000 cells in the dish. So what he did was he put these cells in three different dishes um, and gave each dish dish its own distinct environment. And here's what's crazy. In one dish, the cells formed muscle. And in the other dish, it formed bone. And in the mm. third dish, it formed fat. And so you'd be wondering, like, how in the world did that happen when I thought all the cells were genetically identical? And what Bruce talks about is that it wasn't the fact that they were all identical. It was the environment that the cells were in. Wow. But if you put the cells, the good cells in in a, if you put the cells in a good environment, they stay healthy. You put the cells in a bad environment, they get sick. And if you were to take the bad cells, the sick cells, and you put them in a good environment, then all of a sudden, <laughs> they naturally recover. And so, why is it so important? And Bruce says that, just like those cells, we are like a skin-covered petri dish containing 50 trillion cells. And the thing that changes the cellular environment, according to Bruce, it's our mind. So our mind interprets the world in a certain way, and based upon on how our mind interprets the world, it will affect our body. 
So for example, if you open up your eyes and you see love in your world, your brain will release positive chemicals like dopamine and oxytocin into the blood. And this obviously leads to like a healthy growth. But if you open up your eyes and you see fear in your world, your your brain releases these stress hormones and and inflammatory agents into the blood and it basically can cause your cells to die. And so basically, as we've been talking about, your your perception, your interpretation is everything, you know. And so for myself, when I was having my problem with my GERDs and my back, I lived in a lot of fear constantly. Like I literally mm-hmm. felt like my life was over in a way like even because I was so young and I could hardly walk and I could hardly eat anything, you know, at such a young age. And so even when I would do my physical therapy and my acupuncture, I still had fear. So there are times where I remember the day I was reading a book on GERDs really late at night, like around midnight, and I saw a picture of what it looks like inside of a person's body, a throat of what it looks like of someone who has GERDs, and it looked really disgusting. And I got scared. And so the moment I saw the photo, I put the book down and I started jogging outside till the early morning, just like scared out of my mind, like not knowing what to do anymore because I didn't know what to do. I wasn't into healing at the time, mm-hmm. you know, like the miraculous healing. I was just into the quote unquote natural ways to heal your body. You know, just don't eat this or don't eat that. And, but it wasn't until I started to to be open to ideas other than my self-limiting ones, like about the power of belief, the power of faith, um, that's when my body started to heal itself. And that's and those are the things that I'm gonna that I share in my book. Wow. Uh, there are just certain perceptions that we can have that can start to heal our body, you know, and create that reality that we want. And so I get really excited about this because this has just been a big thing in my life because it's not theory to me, <laughs> you know. So it's real. A lot of the guys, through, it yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And, um, you know, my wife can testify to how my body is. You know, I could carry things on my back, like, no problem, you know. And um, it, it, it's really the power of the mind. It's so true. And this is so empowering. And this is so exciting because yeah. what God has given us is really such phenomenal power if we are just yeah. used it to create days of heaven on earth. I believe that. Yeah. I believe that too. <laughs> That's why it's so amazing. You don't you don't have to wait for a distant deity in the sky or you don't have to beg for God to do things for you. If we just awaken to this reality of, of who we are and this power that resides in every single individual in this world, no matter who you are, um, it is very empowering. You know, because like I said, the power resides in everybody, no matter who you are. It's just it's amazing, you know, but people don't know this. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful, you know, and um, you know, coming from a Christian background, uh, you know, I, I I know a lot of people are told, well, you don't have enough faith, or God yeah. is trying to teach you something, and yeah. I always knew, you know, uh, you know, my, I have a little shit zoo, and I wouldn't do anything, even though sometimes she might deserve it, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't do anything to hurt her. Because I love right. her, and so a loving, supporting, assisting, giving, generous spirit. Why would God uh, do that? And so I just, yeah, I'm just so excited that uh, you're sharing this, you know, just powerful information. Thank you, thank you. Awesome, that's, that's, awesome. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, you know, I used to struggle with is the why me, you know, and and I would blame 
in a sense, I would blame God at the time, you know, because I was thinking, what, is he just trying to teach me something? And and I, I'm not going to deny that obviously I learned something, obviously, you know, um, me going through that pain for, you know, for a while, uh, I did learn a lot, but I, I tried to remove the types of theologies that I was taught where God's giving this to you, you know, mm-hmm. to build your character, or God give, gave this woman cancer to teach her a lesson so she could be more appreciative of life. Many times, you know, when you look at the world of people suffering, it looks like God's teaching people a lesson with cancer from the ones that least deserve it the most. You yes. know? I mean, sometimes they're the most loving people, and some of them even end up dying from it. And then you have to wonder, you know, you can't really learn a lesson when you're dead, you know, especially right. when they're so, so immediate. You know, like a car crash. You know, you can't really learn from that. You're dead from a car crash. And so that's where I've had to unlearn a lot of the the teachings that I've been taught from, from the church, you know, that I, at least what I was raised with. And, um, but yeah, you know, I sympathize with those who are suffering and I would never condemn someone, hey, you got this because blah, blah, you know. But I would want to try to empower them and focus on the positive rather than condemning somebody for why they have what they have. You know, I'll say, let's just focus on the positive and let's see what we can do, you know. You know, you have so much in your book. I really need you for two shows instead of one. So let's talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about money because (laughs) money, honey, people want to know about money, Joshua. Come on. Yeah. um, What's the deal? (laughs) Money, money can be good. (laughs) You know, so it's it's like a neither good nor bad thing. It's it's just paper, um, but it's really what we make use of it. And so, in the chapter in my book on money, um, I'm trying to show people that you know it could be a friend, you know, and that it's it's good to have a a healthy view of money, you know. And and there are times where I think many of us um, have been instilled certain ideas about money that are, are probably not healthy, which is why it affected us even to this very day. And so some of us have grown up thinking that money is a root of all evil or rich people are corrupt or uh, being poor is spiritual, which is very common that I've seen in the Christian world, you know? Um, I've ne- I grab- I never believed that. I'm like, that couldn't be true. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> um, but I've heard that, you know, in For fact, sure. I even see people, I still see people fighting that, you know, that idea on Facebook even these days, you know, where like, you know, they say, I'd rather be happy than have money. And I'm like, why not have both, you know? And I mean, that's the thing. I feel like people have had a, you know, no pun intended, poor view of money. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to show people, no, money can be a very powerful tool if you know how to use it, you know, and there are just, there are different types of ways that you can quote unquote attract money to your life. Okay, and there are certain okay. reasons. Okay, okay, how can we attract money? That's what people want to know. So if someone is out there and they're just like, man, I really need some money to pay my rent or I really yeah. need money because I want to pay off this student loan or I'm trying yeah. to buy a new house. What should they do or be? Yeah, so this can not only apply to money, but applies to everything. So what I mentioned in my book, it, book, it comes down to thinking and feeling and acting in a certain way that's in alignment with this friendly universe. And I have to emphasize it's a friendly universe because the universe is always for you. And so many times, uh, like, for example, your conscious mind says, of course I want money, of course I want to be rich, and then you're constantly struggling. And you're battling inside because, once again, it's your subconscious mind that's dominating. You know, it's the more dominant one that's affecting the way you feel. And so even if you were to 
say, I'm rich, you feel like a liar <laughs> because mm-hmm. you, don't, you, don't, you don't feel that. <laughs> you know, so once again, you have to reprogram your mind once again. And that and there's uh, many different ways that you can do that. So once again, it's, it could be with the power of words, you know, with just you speaking, speaking positive affirmations, but speaking it to the point where it does affect your subconscious mind and you, once again where you start to feel it. Um, if you are in a tough situation, and as I mentioned in my book, the first story was when I got married, you know, and we didn't have the money at the time because we didn't have um, like a regular nine-to-five job at the time. Um, this, the quote-unquote secret for us on how to attract the money was just feeling good and being positive about life and money. To be honest, it sounds so strange, but there is something that when you stay positive, it tends to attract things more into your life that are positive as well, you know. And so at that time, when I was getting married and we didn't have enough money for uh, the place to reserve, you know, the, the, the place for the location of our wedding, we didn't have the money. So during that time, in faith, we just acted like we had the money. So hmm. we had enough money for the reservation, so we put the money down. But we didn't have the rest of the money, <laughs> you know. So so in faith, my wife and I, for was it several weeks or months, we... We just started doing the wedding planning and all these things, and we still invited people, created a guest list, and ordered the cake and all that stuff. And the money didn't come, get this, until the day before the actual wedding. Wow. <laughs> you know, so during that time, I'll, I'm not going to deny, we've had some tough moments, you know, like in my mind, you know. And But what was beautiful is that my wife and I, we, we just – we stayed positive, and I remember that that week of our wedding, we still didn't have enough money in our bank account, and I told her how much we had, and my wife just said, it's okay. Everything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. And so what we did was, at that moment, we didn't, like, save up everything that we could that week, you know, just so we could make it for the wedding on the weekend, but we actually just lived our lives freely, you know, and we weren't concerned about, okay, let's not eat well tonight because we have to save up for this Saturday or something like that. And we just lived our lives and it it just came and thousands of dollars came way more than what we actually needed. And I remember that was a Friday and I, I just started, you know, I got teary eyed and I'm like, like, I knew it. I knew it. It would happen. You know, but I had my doubts a little bit, (laughs) you know, you get, you get a little bit nervous. Um, but that's the thing you want your, your thoughts and your feelings and your actions to always be in alignment with each other. And um, that's how powerful it is. So you never really have to worry about the how. Um, I think when, when you think about the how, that's actually why you start worrying. Because you start thinking about, I got to do this, I got to do that. You know, so there's nothing wrong with planning, you know, because obviously you want to think about your future. But you should never worry, which is my point. Worrying is, is never an obligation that you have to do. And I'll never forget this time where I met this group of people who flew out just to meet to meet me and my wife, which is so interesting. I had no idea who they were. Like, they're this radical group of um, Korean people. <laughs> and then they just contacted me on the phone one day, and we met up um, one day. And we were just sharing stories about how financially, um, like, we were able to experience, like, certain miracles, if you want to call it that, of money coming to our lives. Mm-hmm. And he said, Josh, um, here's what people do. Because people actually, like, they, they think about the money that they have, and then they buy whatever they want. But he says, Josh, we look at what we want, and then we create that money. You know, that's mm-hmm. like a paraphrase. But that, and that's what I started to get instilled in my mind even more 
because um, I've been doing that for several years. So I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like, so you have this desire and what you do is, is that you start thinking about it, you start feeling it and you start acting upon it. And somehow, which I don't know how, <laughs> um, you're able to get what you want, you know, and, um, and that's where I would get a little bit critical of some of the law of attraction, law of attraction stuff that I would see like in certain books and certain speakers where they just say, oh, you know, I just um, had a vision board and I thought about uh, a Ferrari and then nothing happened, you know, or I believed about such and such and nothing happened. I did all my affirmations. And, and of course, I'm, I don't know if you've heard that before, but there are a lot of, of people course. that are very skeptical of that. Mm-hmm. And here's the, the missing component or the thing that people don't realize. It's not about, okay, have a positive thought, now have all this money. Um, what we have to consider is that there are people, this also works for healing, so I could even apply it to money and healing. So, for example, somebody who's not into healing watches one of my healing videos, and then they say, Josh, I tried the healing after I watched your video and nothing happened, you know, and I believed, that's what they would say. And then I would tell, you know, this is what goes on in my mind, it's not that, okay, you have years of doubt. And then one day your conscious mind says, I want to try healing. And then you believe and then nothing happens. The point is, is that we have years and years and years and years of doubts and self-limiting beliefs that are keeping us from manifesting the things that we want. You know, and so why when people make their vision boards and it doesn't come to pass, even though they look at it, because you have to do it to the point where it does affect your subconscious mind. And when so people true. believe, you have, we have to actually you know, um, not just speak things that you want, but you have to also notice like the level of belief that you have at the same time. So people who can't even believe for like $100 are like, I want a million dollars by tomorrow. I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire. I'm a millionaire, you know. And the thing is, you know, you have to start off, well, you could start off small first, you know. Don't just jump to this big thing that you have a hard time even believing for even the small stuff. You know, so does that make sense? It does. I, I mean, and you guys have got to get his book because it's just too much to cover, <laughs> uh, you know, on one show. And um, Joshua, you have just really created something life changing for the world. So give people uh, your contact information, your website. How can people contact you? The name of your book, and where can we get this book? Of course, yeah, of course, um, I, I already have the book, but where can they get the book? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my website is joshuatongo.com. My last name is spelled T-O-N-G-O-L. And um, I have like over 150 videos that you can watch on there. Um, I have my YouTube channel, Facebook, on all of basically the, the well-known social media outlets. Um, it's basically there. And then, of course, you get my book, uh, The Secret to Awesomeness, at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all those other bookstores. So, yeah. Wow. You really, <laughs> God is really using you to really oh, shift and change the world and if uh dr um michael beckwith who i just really admire and and respect i mean what he said about you is nothing but the truth i don't know how you found Uh, me but i am mm. so glad and i'm going to strongly urge are you on amazon.com um uh would they have to would they have to go to your website to get your book 
Oh, either one. Yeah, Amazon is basically where you would order it. Okay. Yeah. You can All right. Go anywhere, but yeah, I just want to encourage you too, Constance. Like when I first heard your podcast, I don't even know how I found you either. I, was, I think I was just looking up certain like topics on iTunes, and then mm-hmm. I found you, and then. I was like, wow, this lady sounds really encouraging. And I wonder if she has a Christian background because I, I, I think I was sensing that. You know, so just like what you're saying to me, I believe you're changing the world. Just like every single person that hears your podcast, I, I, I can sense that they just get so encouraged. And I think we need more of that, you know, instead of all the negativity that we hear on the news every day. And so I, I commend you for um, having an open mind, you know, as, as a Christian and, and exploring certain ideas that that you believe can help make this world a better place. Well, thank you. And that's exactly what I do uh, on a daily basis and on a weekly basis for my show. And I tell people, uh, they ask me, well, what are you now? I I said, I am a Christian with expanded consciousness. And I said, (laughs) I don't even know if you can define me, but uh, (laughs) it's definitely spirituality. So um, I I wish you nothing but the best. You and your wife, you're going back. You're leaving the U.S., right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the plan, unless, who knows, things can change, but that's right, the plan. Right, so yeah. uh, everybody globally, go to his website, go to Amazon and get his book. Well, once again, this is Constance Arnold with the Think, Believe, and Manifest talk show. Tell three of your friends about this show and how it is changing your life. And, of course, you can email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And, of course, my website is fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And remember, I say this every week. God loves you. I love you. And the best is yet to come.